Today we're talking about the anointing. I thought some of you would say, oh. Because some people, they, the real charismatic people in this area, they kind of you say the word anointing and they kind of go, ooh. Anybody ever do that? Does that kind of get you like that when I say anointing? No? Okay. All right. But today we're going to talk about the anointing. And so for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. Right? You see, I come from a Baptist church and, and you said anointing. We thought somebody was going to pour something on you. <laughs> Nobody went, ooh. Everybody went, ooh. It's just where I came from. That's the church I came from. But today we're talking about the anointing. So what is the anointing? It's a good question. I'm glad you asked that question. The anointing to anoint means to set someone apart, to authorize and equip for a task of spiritual importance. So, so when the Bible talks about anointing, it talks about setting you apart and equipping you to do something. Right? Now, when I say anointing, a lot of your minds probably go straight to a, a, a super pastor who's anointed, can preach the gospel 10 times better than me. I mean, when he preaches, you get all fuzzy on the inside. Maybe that's what you think of when you think of the anointing. Or maybe it's a pastor or somebody who, who can pray for the sick and they can be healed. Or maybe somebody that, that lays their hands on you and you fall out, right? You think, oh, that's the anointing, Right? Does, does maybe your mind kind of head that direction that, that only certain people are anointed? That only people that, that walk in this supernatural thing, they're the only ones anointed? Right? Listen, I believe in all that. I, I, I remember Pastor Bubba's spiritual grandfather laid hands on me the first time and I went, I, I was like, I ain't going down. It ain't happening. I'm stronger than him. I can take him. I'm, I'm the, so I'm up there for prayer. And he, he comes and he just puts his hand on it. Timber. I mean, I went down. I, I didn't believe in it. Okay. But, but so when we hear the word anointing, a lot of times our minds go towards somebody in a high position who does great and powerful things that we all love to see. Is that a fair statement? And that is true. That is an anointing. It's legitimate. It's not fake. Okay. But the truth that I want you to discover today is that the anointing of God is for every one of you. Every one of you. It doesn't matter what color your hair is. It doesn't matter if you have more hair than me. It doesn't matter your weight. It doesn't matter where you come from, what side of the tracks you came from. It doesn't matter if you got a college degree or not. It doesn't matter if you went to cemetery or not. It doesn't matter. Are you hearing me? The anointing is for every believer. So what is the anointing? The anointing is setting someone apart to do a specific work that God has for them to do. He gives you the power to do that work. Right? Not everyone is called to be a preacher. If I asked some of you to preach, you'd probably leave the church. You don't want nothing to do with the pulpit. I remember we left, went on a conference one time in Jennings, and we left a guy to preach a Wednesday night service, and he was so nervous. He's up on the stage, and he's preaching, and his legs are shaking, and all of a sudden he blacks out. And him in the pulpit, you remember this? Him in the pulpit, Boom. I don't think he was anointed to do that. 
No, nah, he didn't want to do it again ever since. <laughs> Are you with me? You picking up what I'm throwing down so far? The anointing is not just for the supers in Christianity. The anointing is for everyone. The qualification to be anointed by God is to be a believer in God. Come on. To be a believer in God and to know that he has a purpose for you and to go about doing that purpose. Right? In a minute, we're going to learn about why we need to be anointed and why we need to, why does God use the anointing and all that. We're going to learn that in a minute. But you need to understand something that you're not going to be anointed until you start doing what he's called you to do. Amen. Some of you are passionate about single moms. I'm married. I can't be passionate about single moms. Right? I thought that was funny. (laughs) But some of you are anointed to do things that I'm not anointed to do. Amen. Some of you have a special place in your heart for battered women. Some of you have a, a special place in your heart for orphans. Are you with me? Some of you have, have a special place in your heart. And when you, it, it's, you this is how you know. It's, it's kind of when you go to sleep, it's on your mind. When you wake up, it's on your mind. And sometimes in between going to sleep and waking up, it wakes you up and it's still on your mind. Right? It, here's a clue. That's what God's designed you for. Amen. It's not complicated and it's definitely not a secret. God's not trying to keep it a secret what he's called you to do. Amen. Some of you, you're anointed to be a mom. Bless you. That's a super anointing. Some of you have been anointed to be a police officer. Come on. Some of you have been anointed to be a nurse. Some of you are anointed to work offshore. And the only time you walk in that anointing is when you get off that helicopter and you stand on that platform and you realize that this is my platform. This is the platform that God gave me. This is my platform. I'm the light on this platform. Right? Maybe it's a business that you work at. Maybe it's the beauty salon. If you work at a beauty salon. You know that when you stepped in those doors, you're anointed to do that. Why are you anointed? Because God wants to reach the people inside that building. Amen. It would be a violation if the anointing of God was only for the supers in Christianity. Amen. Because from a pulpit, let me tell you from experience, from a pulpit, you can only do so much. On a Sunday service, you can only accomplish so much. That's why you hear us say all the time that if if you're only getting fed on Sunday, you're starving yourself all week. Right? If this is the only God you get, let me tell you something. You're missing out because there's more of God than just Sunday mornings. Right? I mean, we amp these things up. We make them as exciting as can be, as powerful, as intimate, as as excellent as they, they can be for the people that are coming That have not met Jesus, but you got to go beyond that. Amen. You got to step into the, to the real world with your anointing and see what God does. 
All right? You good? Every believer is anointed by God. Let me throw this at you. Satan was anointed. It says in Ezekiel that Satan was an anointed cherubim. Satan himself was anointed. I don't know what that does to you, but you know what that does to me when I say that or I hear that? I go, if that sorry sap sucker can be anointed, then surely I can be anointed. Amen? I'm going to tell you like I tell my life group. If The more you say amen, the better I preach. <laughs> Boy, it must need some help. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 1 says this. In verse 21 to 22, it says, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us, and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. God is no respecter of persons. He's not going to anoint you because you're smarter than somebody else. He's not going to anoint you because you think you're gifted and nobody else is gifted. Are you with me? He pours his anointing out on every believer. When you hear Jesus Christ, when you hear the term or the the name Jesus Christ, that means Jesus anointed. Christ actually means anointing. Are you with me? So when you hear the word Christ, it means anointed one. Right? So when you give your life to Christ, where does he go? Inside of you. He lives inside of us. That's what the Bible says. That Christ lives inside of us. The anointed one lives inside of me so that I can live a life anointed. Amen? Jesus needed to be anointed, so do we. So why do we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? Good question. Man, you guys are full of good questions this morning. Number one, we're anointed for his purpose. Hopefully you're taking notes. We're anointed for his purpose. You know that everything that God gives us is for his purpose and for his glory. Right? You might amen that pretty easy, but let me, let me make it real practical for you. Just in your mind right now, imagine everything that you have, everything that you possess, earthly possessions and, and, and the talents and the gifts that live inside of you. Put all that in your box. Okay? Put all that in your box, everything that you own, everything that God's given you, put that in your box and you need to, you need to write on that box. This is for God's purpose and for his glory. Right? Even your Chevrolet truck. Come on, somebody. It's for God's purpose and for his glory. Right? So everything that God gives us is for his purpose and for his glory. In the Old Testament, there was a prophet, a prophecy about Jesus. I want to read that from, to, you, to you from Isaiah 61. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to, com- to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. Look at what he's anointed for. 
For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. You ever been brokenhearted before? To proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Wow. So he anoints you for his purpose. You see, this is what's going to happen. Is that you're going to realize that you're anointed and you're going to realize that you have a purpose. So when you get up in the morning and you do your hair and your nails and everything else you're going to do, whoever you are, and you're going to go to work, you need to realize that you're going to supernaturally run into some brokenhearted, poor, mournful, beat up, wrecked people, and you're anointed for them. You're anointed to bring them good note, good news, to bring them hope, to bring them courage, right? You're anointed to tell them that there's something greater, that there's a greater life than this, that Jesus can heal you, right? You're anointed to bring peace to their storm. Just like when Jesus stood up in the boat and he said, peace be still, and the storm stopped. You had that same anointing to go into your workplace, to the grocery store, to the school building, in your house, wherever you go. You go into that place and it's as if you can say, peace be still. Come on. I don't know if you understand that, but you have that anointing. You have that purpose. That is what God expects you to do. When you wake up in the morning, he wants you to go do that. Why? Because this world is full of broken people. We're driving into town this morning on Highway 13. Guy comes running out in the middle of the road. You know, right when you come into town and you got the the first intersection, almost across from the newspaper. Guy comes running out in the middle of the road. Older guy. Throwing his hand. He's in the road. And I'm like. He's, ah, he looks back in it. Ah. And so we pass him by and I'm looking in the rear view and there's a big old Dodge Dooley coming. That's like a lead sled. He's standing. It doesn't move. The guy has to veer off and go around him. He's, ah, rah. We're called to those people. Right? We're called to reach those people. Right? I mean, it it, it was almost funny and it was almost scary, but honestly, it broke my heart. Because I went, God, man, what's going on? What's so crazy in your life that you're running out in the street? And who's not giving you hope? Who's not taking the opportunity that God gave them to share some hope with you? And to encourage you. Does it make sense? We're anointed for his purpose. And it's for his purpose. Because he knows what you need to be anointed for. You see, we got to get it in our heads that every day is not just a me day. Come on. Every day is a God day. Every day he has a plan and a purpose for us. Some days it's to rest. But most days it's to build his kingdom. 
Amen? The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. And it actually says this, that violent men are taking it by force. Where's that at, Pastor? I never, that don't sound nice. God wants to advance the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Me and Cheryl can't go and preach to everybody in Eunice. We can't go meet everybody in the hospital. Right? But you can. In your world that God's given you, your area, everybody has an area. It's, it's usually the people you see at the grocery store regularly. It's the person that cuts your hair. Right? It's your school teacher, your kids' teachers, maybe the principal. Right? Some family members. That's your world. And God's given you that world to reach it. And he anoints you to do that. Amen? We always think, or at least I do, always think that, you know, I got to have some special title or calling to be anointed and to do the work of God. When the truth is, is I already have a special title called Christian and I already am anointed and I already have a job to do. Amen. We're anointed for his purpose. To be anointed by God is to not only be picked, but to also be empowered by him for the task or position to which he's called you. All throughout scripture, we read with men and women that were anointed by the Holy Spirit for specific purposes for God's glory. Prophets were anointed to be able to proclaim God's word. Priests were anointed to carry out their duties of worship and sacrifice. Noah was anointed to build the ark. Think about that. David was anointed to kill Goliath and to rule as a king. Esther was anointed to confront the king. Nehemiah was anointed to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Peter and Paul were anointed to preach the gospel and plant churches. Right? And the crazy thing is, is that the people they did that with, Peter and Paul, were anointed also. Right? It wasn't just the man with the title that was anointed. It was every believer that was anointed. Amen? And given the power to do what God's called them to do. If you're a mom, you're, you're, you're anointed. If you're a father, you're anointed. If you're a businessman, you're anointed. If you're a student, you're anointed. Do you understand this? We're anointed for his purpose. Number two, we're anointed with his perspective. Well, this is good. We're anointed with his perspective. If you know how to spell that, that's on the screen. That's a, that's a life group joke. We do that in life group a lot. David was anointed by God. Watch this in 1 Samuel chapter 17. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. You need to underline that word run away. You need to put some eyebrows over that word run away. 
because I guarantee you a bunch of us this, this week have been praying for God to give us the permission to run away from our jobs, to run away from some people, to run away from something going on. Right. Anybody been tempted to run away this week? You in church, you better be honest. You've been tempted last week, week before. Come on. Tempted to run away. A few moms. I mean, sometimes I got to catch my wife. She's going for the door. And I don't catch her to stop her. I catch her to pass her up because I'm leaving too. (laughs) You're not leaving me here. (laughs) Sometimes I go, babe, start the car. I'll meet you in the car with the luggage. So here it is. I mean, David comes out to bring his brothers a little lunch. And and Goliath comes out and he starts taunting. And all these military servicemen, these warriors, special forces guys, they see the giant. And what do they do? They run away. Right. And David's just standing there watching this and he's going, huh? You see, there's got to be a hum moment in your life sometimes, right? Where something just kind of pricks you and you go, huh? What? What just happened? Let's watch what David does. So he sees the armies, the mighty men, they're running away. Watch what happens. David replied to the Philistine. Now, you've got to remember, David was a good looking bloke. The Bible says he was ruddy. That doesn't mean he looked like me. (laughs) David looked opposite of me. He looked like the least likeliest guy to go and fight the Philistine. Amen. If a big old giant walked in here, y'all would probably look at me. Say, man, what you going to do? And I look at you, go, what you going to do? I'm running. (laughs) So David replied to the Philistine. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've, you've defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead, I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You see, David had an issue. David had an issue with the children of God running from a punk Philistine. David had an issue with a Christian backing down from a non-Christian. Some of you don't like your boss. I've been in that position before. He or she is the most ruthless person on the planet. And you're crying on your knees, God, please take me out of here. And his response to you is, no, turn your light on. Stand up with that backbone I gave you. Serve that person. Love that person. But you don't know. Yes, I know. In fact, I kind of made it happen. David had an issue with somebody standing up against his God. You're going to have to get this this morning. You see, we tolerate too much. 
Right? We tolerate too much and we don't stand up against enough stuff. And when I say stand up against something, I'm not going, I'm not talking about going out and beating up on people and condemning people for what they do. And if somebody's got tattoos in the earring, you go and you, you shun them or you, you say things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, first of all, in your own life, you got to stand up and set some, some standards in your own life. I'm not going to compromise in these areas, right? And then I'm going to see people with God's perspective. I'm going to see people from God's viewpoint and I'm going to have compassion on them. Right. Though they're ruthless and they're toothless. Right. And every other word is an F word. Right. It doesn't matter. You're going to love them. That's your weapon is to love them. Right. To serve them. Not to run from them. That's how you overtake them. It's with love, with the light of God, with the love of God. But you're going to have to stand up for that. Because listen to me, from my experience, the more you love them, the more you serve them, the more it makes them feel a little awkward. So then they feel like they got to retaliate and be even worse to you. Come on, is that the truth? So then they really start going after you. Right? You've heard my story about the guy that I used to work for. He was one of the worst bosses I ever had. Gave me H-E double hockey sticks every time I turned around. If I left his crew to go work for another crew and I came back, I was a supervisor. He would put me in a catch basin with a little bitty shovel. Clean that out. You know what the flesh said, right? My flesh said, I'm about to stick your butt in there and and rub you around at the bottom and clean it out with you. Right? But the spirit man said, no, you can't say that. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) So I said, yes, sir. And I got down in that catch basin. I cleaned it. And I got back up. What do you got next? You with me? He's the same guy that dropped his teenage boy off at, at our youth group. Because he couldn't do nothing with him. Amen. Same guy that, that you him think about that. He drops his kid off. He goes, can you fix him? I got to go. Ridiculed me for being a Christian. Always clowning me in front of everybody else for being a Christian. And God just said, keep loving him. I'm anointing you to love him. He couldn't argue with my work ethic. He couldn't argue with my attitude. Now, if he knew what was going on inside of me, another story, right? But what came out, and that's what's important, what came out, he couldn't argue with that. I was anointed to do that. Amen? You're anointed to do that. David had an issue, and he stood up against it. You know, I believe David had an issue long before he met the giant. David had an issue when he was taking care of his father's sheep. And the bear and the lion came to steal his father's sheep. And something rose up in him. And he went after the bear and the lion. And he killed him. You see, it starts in the little things. Amen. You got to have his perspective in the little things. Come on. 
then he's going to trust you with much. Elijah was a prophet anointed by God. He had a servant with him who was not. One morning, the servant got up early and and he, he looked out the window and he saw an army getting ready to attack Elijah's house. So he runs to Elijah and goes, Elijah, there's an army outside. And Elijah goes, Lord, help him to see like you see. And the Bible says the scales fell off of his eyes and he looked out the window and what he didn't see the first time. He saw the second time that there was a host of the heaven's armies protecting Elijah's house. Right? We got to get God's perspective. We got to start seeing people like God sees them. He didn't call us to beat them up. He called us to set them free. He called us to love them, to show them the light of his love. Amen? That's what he called us to. You don't condemn anybody. You don't have to condemn anybody. The devil's got a full-time job of condemning people. Too many people walk around condemned and feeling guilty. And all God's plan for you, listen to me, all God's plan for you is to walk in freedom. Come on, to walk in freedom. To walk above the guilt. To walk above the condemnation. To walk above the shame. Right? He wants you to experience his love. That he cares for you. He wants to make you feel like you're his favorite. Like nobody else has ever made you feel before. Amen. You're anointed to do that. You're anointed to preach the gospel. You're anointed to live the gospel. Matthew 14, 14 says about being anointed with his for his perspective you remember when jesus was trying to get away from the crowd (laughs) it seemed like sometimes jesus was just full on i gotta get away from these people right i mean so he jumps in a boat to go to the other side because he wants some peace he needs some rest he needs a a break (laughs) what do these crazy people do they run around the lake and they meet him on the other side And I bet he was going, I wish they would have invented an outboard motor by now. (laughs) Right? So, but look at what Jesus, what, what happens in Matthew 14, 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Can I be honest with you? Some days I don't feel like doing what God wants me to do. Can I just be honest? There's days I don't, I don't want to answer my phone. There's days I'm just tired. I just, I had enough, right? But I thank God that he's changing my eyes. That my eyesight's getting better. Everybody, I just turned 40. Everybody tells me, you get ready for glasses. You turn 40, you, you're going you're gonna to need glasses because I've been picking on everybody that wears glasses for so long. Uh, I'm going to need some glasses is what they're saying. But I'm saying my eyesight's getting better. You can look at me all cross-eyed if you want. I'm just going to believe it until I got to go buy my glasses. <laughs> right? But I want to see the way God sees. Right? That poor man that ran out in the street this morning. I, I want to see him the way God sees him. Right? I want to see from his perspective. Because, man, he's got a plan and a purpose for me. 
And man, we can see some crazy things happen in the kingdom of God. If we'll just walk in the anointing he's given us and just go do what he tells you to do. You know what that is? That's whatever you're doing right now. Whatever you're doing right now, you just go do that. And know that you're anointed to do that and be the salt and the light. And you're going to see more crazy things happen than you've ever seen in your life. You'll see more miracles happen than you've ever seen. More supernatural things happen. Number three, the anointing. The anointing is given to you because you're anointed with his power. Come on, somebody say power. power. Elbow the person next to you. Say you got power. Oh, that died. Sound like the battery was dead. Elbow the well, gently elbow the person next to you and say you got power. Hopefully you woke him up. Acts 10.38 says this, says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. <laughs> you got to know that you've been given power to set the captives free. Amen. Come on. You don't know what your words do sometimes. Sometimes you look at people and you say, you know what? Forget all that. Forget your past. Forget your failures. Forget everything that you've done wrong. Forget all that. God still loves you. You don't know what you just did in the supernatural. You just knocked some handcuffs off of somebody. I'm serious. You just, you just freed them up and you didn't even know it. Come on. When you're going through everything that, that the devil can throw at you. And the people around you are watching your life. And they see you walk with power. And in God's love and in God's mercy and in God's grace. You know what happens? They go, man, I got to have me some of that. I don't know what you got, but you, I, how do I get that? That's what happened to Peter and Paul. You remember the guy that came and he wanted to buy the anointing, right? He said, man, you can't buy this. <laughs> You've been given power. And you're on this planet for other people. You're not on this planet for yourself. Amen? Amen. But there's a fight there. Right? Because self wants his. And from my experience, the more self there is, the more that he wants. But the crazy thing is that he gives you the power and he's already broken the chains of sin. That you can walk in that freedom of living for other people. Amen. You can live for other people. That's what he's called us for. Miss Mary's got a table set up outside. For Compassion International. Let me tell you something for Cheryl and I and the kids. That was one of the greatest things we've ever done. Is to support some kids. I picked my first kid just because of his size. He was a big old boy with a big old head. And I just went, that's my boy right there. That brother going to need some support because he looks hungry. And he got a lot to feel. And you know what we did? We just started every month faithfully just giving. Miss Mary has been wearing me out about compassion. And I thank God she's worn me out about compassion. You know why? Because today some kids are going to be supported. 
Amen. They write you letters. They send you pictures. You can correspond back. All those great things. It's just a great thing to do. Miss Mary's passionate about that. I'm like, go with it. Amen. But you've been you've been anointed with power to do what God wants you to do. Amen. You know, a strong person. You ever watch these strong men contest? Anybody ever watch that on ESPN? Those big guys look like they're all juiced up on steroids. <laughs> picking up thousands of pounds. You know, he doesn't feel his strength and he doesn't feel his power when he's sitting in a recliner watching TV. He doesn't understand how strong he is until he gets out and lifts some weight. Come on. Some of you don't know about the anointing of God because you're not out trying to do what God wants you to do. So here's the deal is that there's this anointing waiting for you. Come on. It's waiting for you to get out of your comfort zone and step into the calling that God has for you. Knowing that wherever I go, wherever I go, I'm anointed for a purpose. You're not going to feel that anointing sitting on the recliner. You're not going to feel that anointing. You're not going to sense that anointing. You're not even going to learn about that anointing until you do what God wants you to do. Amen. You never know how strong you are until you step out and lift some weight. You see, David knew he was anointed before he faced the giant. Because he was anointed with the bear and the lion. So when he saw the giant, he went, this ain't nothing. You see that? He had confidence in God's power. He had courage because he knew that God was with him. Amen? The anointing is for now. Whether you're working on a detailed report for your boss, your boss, preparing for a test at school, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for your kids, you're anointed. Let me tell you something. My wife is anointed to raise kids. I get up in the morning sometimes. She's already been up a half hour earlier than me. And she's in there and she's throwing down on some ham sandwiches and some chips and make sure them kids got their water and, you know, make sure they got all their deodorant on and, and they got their hair brushed. And Ethan's not trying to walk out with old busted pair of pants. I mean, she's got all this going on. And then I get these little glimpses where she'll look at them and they, they got these little signals that I'm learning. And she'll kind of, she's especially with Ethan, she can kind of give me one of them looks kind of like a, and that brother's head just goes, because mama, the anointed one, gave me the look. Right? She's anointed for that. She does damage control for me. That's funny, but it's sad. Because <laughs> I'm a bit rough. <laughs> but she's anointed for that. You're anointed for what God's put in front of you. Amen? All I want you to know today is that you're anointed. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you've received him in your heart and you've confessed that, that Jesus is Lord, then, then you're anointed for a purpose and a plan and a reason. And you don't have to go out and look for it. It's right there in front of you. It's right there tomorrow morning. Amen. So that ought to give you some confidence. 
That when you get up in the morning, you ought to be saying, man, you know what? I'm anointed for this. Instead of complaining all the way to work, you ought to be thanking God. You don't like your boss? Bless him. Bless yourself into another job. Amen? Can you stand up with me this morning? I want to pray for you. And I'm going to make a few quick announcements. And then we'll go. You get something today? Did you get that? Listen, if you're here today and you've not received Jesus as your Lord and you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I, man, I heard that message, man. That was, whew, that sounds exciting. You know, how, how do I sign up for this? If that's you today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want you to right now. I just want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. And wherever you are in your seat, I'm not even going to ask you to get out of your seat. All I want you to do is just slip your hand up and hold it up for a minute just to let me see you. If you're here and you want to you receive Jesus as your Lord. If you want Jesus to be the leader and the Lord of your life, just slip your hand up real quick. All across the room. Slip your hand out. If you want Christ, I see you. I see you. It's good. Praise God. Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. Lord, you've seen everyone who raised their hand. You've seen everyone who's made a decision to make you the Lord of their life, Father. Lord, I ask you to touch them right now. And if that was you, I just want you to say this, this little prayer with me. I just want you to say, Jesus, I surrender. I give up. I've been trying to do everything my way. I want to do it your way. I give you my life. I believe that you were, you were dead, buried, and you rose from the grave for me save me and Lord the days I've got left on this planet I pray you set me on fire so Lord thank you for that thank you for everyone here today I pray Lord against every everyone that would be doubting or, or disbelieving for, for every person I may be trying to reason with the anointing that might be trying to figure it out wrap their head around it Lord, I just pray against all that. And I just say, Father, we just receive it and we'll walk in it and we'll experience it. And in all doing all that, Lord, we'll learn about it and we'll understand it. But Lord, help us to live like people that belong on this planet. Help us to live like people that are anointed to do your work and your will. Give us some authority, Lord. Help us to understand that authority and help us to walk in that authority. With a big old smile on our face, Lord, knowing that we're the salt, we're the light in the darkness and in the tastelessness around us. And Father, I pray that we'll start changing the atmosphere around us. We'll start changing the environments around us. And Father, we'll walk in your power to preach your gospel, never to be ashamed of the name of Jesus. And Lord, we'll go set captives free, Father. We'll heal the brokenhearted. 
the poor and afflicted, we'll raise them up, Father. Those that are wounded and hurt, Lord, we'll bandage them and pour your, your oil and your wine on them, Lord. Thank you, Father. Set us on fire, Lord, like we've never known before. Thank you for your anointing, Father. 